kills them, it disappears, that type of hope. You know, most of us have used the phrase, well, I hope so, or, well, I hope this happens, or uh, I'm hoping this will take place. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. And so that doesn't mean that that hope is a solid hope. The hope that I'm talking about tonight is something that is true, something that is lasting, something that will transpire, something that is that you can count on. That is true hope. You see, everything else is wishing. Everything else is wishing. If I say, well, I hope he gets better. I'm wishing he gets better. But when I say that Jesus Christ is my hope, I'm saying I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Otherwise, it's, there's no question about it. It's going to happen. He is my hope. And uh, so we look at hope, and today it's thrown around for different reasons, and, 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 by, and hope is put in a lot of different things. Uh, people put their hope in self. A lot of people have a lot of great abilities and, and can do a lot of things, and they put their hope in themselves. You might have a great ball player or a or somebody that is very good at whatever they're, maybe they're a doctor, or maybe they're a, a lawyer or, or something, and they're doing well because of, of their abilities that they have. But you know, and, and we've seen that here recently in our town, uh, doctors get sick too, and doctors have heart attacks too, and doctors die too. And so for them to put their hope only in themselves, it's going to fail them. Because there's never been a doctor, there's never been a physician except for one physician that can defeat death, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we find that the hope in a doctor, uh, it'll fail you. We put it in ourselves, we put it in government, we're seeing a lot of things today, and and it's amazing to me, uh, what I just read today, where I guess up in, up in New York area, up in there somewhere, uh, they elected for the first time their first socialist mayor. Their first socialist mayor in one of those big cities up there. And boy, they're proud of it. You know why they did that? Because those people that voted in a socialist voted them in with a hope that that socialist will make their life easy that they'll get all kinds of freebies, that it'll make everything equal among everybody else, that they no longer are going to have to work from, from 8 to 5 or whatever it is, that everything's just going to boil in, boy, everything's going to be great, my bank account's going to grow, and I'm not going to have to do much. And, and their hope is in socialism to even things up. Try that in Argentina. Try that in Venezuela. Try that in some of the other countries that are socialist countries, and you'll find out that that hope fell through a long time ago. And so they, their hope, they put it in government. There's people today who have not went back to work. Even though the pandemic has, has went down, so-called went down, and, and they're, yeah, they're saying that it's spiking. Missouri's one of the worst ones and all this sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but you know what? Their hope is in government, so they're not going back to work. Uh, I, I'm, I'm needing to put an engine in my, in my truck. Guess what? 
Found out today, trying to order one, seven weeks at the earliest to get an engine from a truck. And they say the reason is is because they're shut down and nobody, they've been shut down for so long and they can't get parts and people aren't working. You know why? Because their hope is in the government putting money in their bank account. And so that man puts their hope in government, thinking that all's going to be put, as I said before, hope in doctors, hope in jobs, hope in our money that we have invested maybe in the stock market or in, in savings accounts or in the bank. And boy, that all disappears in a hurry when things happen. Someone else, maybe putting your hope in them, maybe your youth, your strength, on goes the list that we put our hope in. And many times, it's so short-lived. But you know what? We need hope. We really do. Man needs hope, real hope, that will not fail us. Listen to Job, what Job says in all of his distress when Job was going through all these difficulties and struggles. Uh, in Job chapter 7 and verse 1, he says, is, is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? As a servant earnestly desire, desireth the, the shadow, and as a hireling looketh for the reward of, of his work? So am I made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights and appointed to me? He's talking about, boy, things are just bad. They're, they're bad he's, he, as he's going down through here. He said, when I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? arise and the, the night be gone? And I am full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and claws of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than the weaver's shuttle. And are, all, and are spent without hope. Without hope. As he was going through the struggles and difficulties, he felt like he didn't have any hope. You know, man needs hope. He really does. Man needs hope. And so man looks for it without hope. Man lives a, in distress and, and heartache and, and all the world seems dark to him. You know, one of the reasons that so many people today turn to the drugs, they turn to the to the alcohol is because everything seems hopeless to them. Seems hopeless. People will drink, try to drink away their problems, drug away their problems to get to feeling better, to hide the pain and the, the struggles that they went through, feeling like they don't have any hope. So man is searching for hope and looks to things and people and riches for their hope. But when you look to those things, it's a false hope that will fade away one day. Every person in this room knows the people who have put their hope in things and people and, and seen them get that hope fade away and fail. goes away from them. But you see, there's one who, who finds, but the one who finds the, the one called hope, otherwise Jesus Christ, can have real hope, lasting hope, even in the difficult times of life. You know, as I look around and, and I see the, the problems and the struggles and the difficulties in this world that not only affects other people but affects me too and I think about you know what if this happens that happens you know what if if uh, the economy absolutely goes to the bottom and you know what if the government steps in and and tries to push socialism what if they try to shut down our churches and what if they try to to do all these different things and and try to you know control and do like these other nations do what do you do? I mean, it seems like, boy, that would be a horror. You know what? I still have hope. 
Because I have Jesus Christ. My hope is not in me being comfortable. My hope is not, I'm going to say something here that a lot of people don't understand, and it it takes a, a pretty good step to say it. But my hope doesn't depend on my freedom in this world. My hope depends on the freedom in the next one, on Jesus Christ. Do I want to go through those things? No. No, I would be silly to want to see that happen. But my hope is not placed even in freedom. My hope is not placed in good health. My hope is not placed in what is in the bank. My hope is not placed in a place where I lay my head at night. All that stuff can change. So it's not real hope. I need something that changes not. Something that is sure. And that is Jesus Christ. My hope is in Him. He is hope. Not just, uh, not just for now, but for eternity. Jesus, our hope, is the author of hope. If you look with me in Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And though it doesn't say hope, hope and faith are married together. Because if you're going to have hope, you have to have faith. When you put your hope in something, you're putting your faith in something. Okay, do you see how it's married together? And so Jesus Christ, is the, he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. So if he's the author and finisher of our faith, then he's the author and finisher of our hope. He is hope. And so he is that author and finisher. Jesus is the creator of hope within the born-again believer. You see, before you got saved, honestly, you had no hope. You had no hope. He's the creator of hope within the born-again believer. He is the giver of hope by faith in Him. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, begin there, it says that at that time you were without Christ. Otherwise, before you got saved, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and he's talking to the Israelites here, but it applies to us, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. He's talking to them. He said, listen, You were lost. You didn't have any hope. He says you was without Christ. And he goes on and says, and without God in the world. So many people today are wandering the streets of our towns and of our cities and and going to work and going here, and they have no hope because they do not have Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, being the author and finisher of our faith and hope, He's the establisher of our hope. He establishes that hope in the born-again believer. That hope when you receive Jesus Christ is established within you. Okay? That's where it comes from. That is the beginning of your hope. And not only for now, but also for eternity. So he's the establisher of our hope for now and for eternity. And he is the completer of that hope by his power and by his precious promises. He said uh, that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And so he's going to be here. He is that hope that is present right now. Folks, listen to me. Salvation is not a hope that you're looking necessarily for. It has been established now. It's already there. 
Well, preacher, I'm not in heaven yet. I know, but it's already there. In fact, the Bible says that we sit together with him in, in heavenly places. Well, preacher, I'm not there. I know, but we sit there in heavenly places. But I don't understand it. I don't either, but we sit there within heavenly places. Our hope is already settled. And so that it's been established within us. He has placed it in us when we receive Christ our Savior. We have that hope, not just for now, and we can hope in Him now. Too many Christians look at their, their faith, and it's, well, I... It's amazing to me. Brother Gene, you've talked to people before, and you say, are you, if you die, you go to heaven, and they'll say, I hope so. I hope so. Can I tell you something? I know so. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says, These things have I written unto you that you might hope, no, that you might know that you have eternal life. It's a know-so salvation. That's hope. When it's already known. That's hope when it's already known. That's real hope. That's not the wishy type hope that a lot of people have. That he said that you may know that you have eternal life. And so that is the hope that we have now. But also he is the finisher of that hope. He is the completer of that hope. He told us in John, he said, if I go away, he said, I will come back. And basically, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you where I am. He said that where I am, there you may be also. And so there is a hope that he's already settled, that, listen, we're saved, we're going to heaven, and, listen, he's coming back for us. We can enjoy the hope now of eternal salvation. We don't have to think, well, I hope I get it. No, my friend, I can say my hope is already settled in heaven. I know I've got it. I know I'm going to heaven. I know because my hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the author of it, and he is the finisher of it. He's going to complete that which he started. He's going to finish it out one day by catching us out of here if we're still here, or he's going to let us uh, be put into that grave, and he's gonna, and when we die, we're going to go to be in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Hey, listen, it don't get any better than the hope that we have of eternal life that's already settled in heaven right now. That's hope. That's real hope. That's hope, as they say, you can take to the bank. I say it's even solider than that. I think it's better than being able to take it in the bank, my friend. It's already cashed in in heaven waiting. You see, Jesus Christ then, not only is he the author and the finisher of that hope, but Jesus Christ is the object of the hope. He's our object of the hope. You see, a lot of people, when they think about salvation, when they think about going to heaven, they just kind of, hmm, just up there somewhere, you know. No, my friend, the object of our hope is not just something up there somewhere. The object of our hope is Jesus Christ. If, um, I know how to explain this. Let's say the object of your hope is money. Well, as long as I've got lots of these, I'm all right. Well, then that means that 
this right here is the object of your hope. That's the object. That's what you're saying is going to make it carry you through your life. That's what you're saying is going to make your life what it's supposed to be. That's what you're saying that you've put your hope and everything in is this. And, and I know we're sitting here tonight and everybody, I know this is preaching to the choir when I talk about that. But you know what? There's a lot of Christians that, that that's their hope. There's a lot of people that that's their hope. I mean, they hang on to that thing like, it, like well, if I lose it, I, I don't have any more hope. Well, to be honest with you, because they put their hope in that object, if they lose it, then they have lost their hope. Anything that you put your hope in, that is the object of your hope. If, uh, stand up, just, or Dustin. This guy has got muscles that people don't even know about. If he put his hope in his physical abilities, strength, one of these days, I hate to tell you this, Dustin, all that muscle you got right across here like that, that's where it goes, brother. It disappears. Well, it don't disappear. It just kind of. <laughs> you wind up with furniture disease. Amen? Amen. Your chest falls into your drawers. <clears throat> the bottom line is this, that with age and with time, you can be. I've seen, I've seen people who. I, it's amazing. I'll be working somewhere and, and we'll be, you know, have a dolly and you're putting a, a refrigerator on the dolly and there's a couple of you. Going, and you always have somebody that's about 85 or, or, or 90, and I said, back in my day, he said, we just put that on my back, and I carried it. <clears throat> and you know what? He probably did. But you put it on his back now, and it'd take a shovel to get him off the floor <clears throat> or a scraper because it changes. So if you're physical, what you, that is your object. There's people today that it's all about that. that that's the object of their hope. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going I'm I'm to do all these things. And I'm not against that. Lord knows I need the exercise. I need, to, I need to pull that back up here and fix the furniture. Amen? But the problem is, eventually, that hope is gone. That hope is gone. The object of our hope is important. Jesus Christ should be the object of our hope. That everything revolves around our hope. Everything should revolve around Jesus Christ. He is the object. He is the center of our hope. And, and so therefore, it should affect your life and how you live your life. If He is the object of your hope, then the decisions that you make should be should be gauged by your hope, the object of your hope, Jesus Christ. And so he is that object of our hope that we look to in order that we might worship him. When we consider our hope, it's directed toward a person or an object. That object can be religion. We talked about all these other things, but it can be religion. There's a lot of people that their hope is in religion. Close but not close enough. It's like the rich man 
the, the rich young man that came to Jesus. And, and I'm studying all that today. I'm maybe going to be preaching on Sunday, and I'm not going to get into my message. But as he came to Jesus, uh, he talked about, he said, I, uh, he said what, m- m- you know, basically, what do I need to do to inherit uh, 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 eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. And he began to n- name all the commandments. And the young, uh, young rich r- ruler, he said, all those have I kept from my youth. He was very religious. He kept the Levitical law. That's religion. And he said, go sell what thou hast, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had great riches. He was depending on his religion. He, taught, he, he, he said, I've done all those things. His, that he, he, the, he, the object of his, uh, of his eternal hope was religion. There's a lot of people who their object is religion. They, 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 you know, that is their object of, of hope or good works. I've talked to a lot of people about going to heaven. They say, well, you know, said, I, I think that one of these days I, I get there and I'm just hoping that, there it goes again, I'm just hoping that my good works outweigh my bad works. I've heard that many times. So their object that they're looking at, the object of their hope, is their good works. It can be membership in a church. It can be baptism. There's a lot of people who are members of churches and who've been baptized that are going to die and go to the devil's hell because their hope is in the wrong object. We need to put our we, but what we need is we need to place our hope in the Lord. When we do, we can accomplish so much more. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He goes on and says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so all these other things that we put our hope in, they're works. And he said, that's not salvation. The object of our hope should be Jesus Christ. Our hope is to be placed in the object or the, or might I say, the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, this hope that I have as I face today and face tomorrow and face all eternity, it's placed in and on Jesus Christ. He's the object of my hope. You see, I don't have to look to anyone or anything else. I can look to Jesus Christ. He is my hope. We, we have this, you know, the song that we sing so often, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And the reason that it's all the other ground is sinking sand is because it cannot save you. Our object of hope has to be Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing plus and nothing minus. You can't say, okay, my hope is in Jesus Christ plus good works. No. It's in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus Christ and being a member of Calvary Baptist Church. No, 
It's in Jesus Christ and Him alone. My hope is in Jesus Christ and baptism. No, it's in Jesus Christ. That is our hope. You say, well, preacher, isn't it right to be baptized? Yes, it is. But if it took Jesus Christ and baptism, then the man on the cross went to hell, didn't he? Because, but Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he was never baptized. Boy, I'll get a hold of the Church of Christ that way. Talk to him about that. I've been down that road before. Well, it was a different dispensation, preacher. Is this a different dispensation? No, it wasn't. Jesus Christ was already dead. It's a dispensation which we live in right now. And so if that man went to, went to heaven without being baptized according to them, then Jesus did something for him that he, wouldn't do, that he didn't do for anybody else. And the Lord's not that way. The Bible says he's just and he's righteous. And he can't do something for somebody and not do it for you and me. Eh, I'm getting down the wrong road here. But the fact is, is that our object is in Jesus Christ. Our, our hope is in Jesus Christ. He is that object of our hope and we're to trust him and to follow him. Not only is he that object, but Jesus is the purchaser of this hope. You see, hope didn't just come out of thin air. It was purchased for you and me. You see, we were without hope. This world was without hope because man had sinned. And so it had to be purchased. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. But it didn't stop her. Listen to what it says. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This hope that we have was purchased with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we have no hope. 1 Peter 1 verse 21 says, Who by him who believed in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope, and they're married together, remember, faith and hope might be in God. Well, let me back up again. By who, or who by him who, who believe in God that raised him up from the dead. You see, the death, the burial, and the resurrection purchased our hope. Without the resurrection, the death and the burial does me and you no good. We have no hope. But because of the resurrection, we have hope. You see, without the resurrection... You and I would die and go to the grave, and that's where we'd be. It took the resurrection. This hope we have in Jesus Christ is not just a random hope placed by happenstance, but a hope based on the, the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And then that hope is embedded in, the st in stone, you might say, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Without that, that death and burial and in the resurrection, we could, could have no hope now or for eternity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, Paul said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're all men most miserable. So if, 
So if, if, if all we have is right now, because there wasn't a resurrection, then we're going to be the most miserable people there was. But if you go to the next verse, verse 20, he says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Through the resurrection, we have hope. You say, you lose me a little bit. Okay, it's like this. I know that I have eternal life because my hope is in Jesus Christ. But here's why. Because Jesus Christ said that he would rise from the dead, and he did. If he said he would rise from the dead and he didn't, then my hope is in just another man. But my hope is placed in a risen Savior. And because he lives, I can live also. When I put my faith and trust in him, and he is my hope that he's given me through that death and burial resurrection. And then lastly, this hope that we're preaching about, that we're talking about, it should impact our lives, not just in eternity, but also right now. Right now. Too many Christians don't realize what they have. And they walk through this world seemingly without hope. Downtrodden, without victory, discouraged, beat down. It's because they're not looking at the hope that they have. I mentioned a while ago, you can take everything I got, but you know what? My hope is not in things and not even in freedom, but my hope is in Jesus Christ. And you cannot take that from me. It's signed, it's sealed, and I'm just waiting to be delivered. And the fact is, is that our hope is in Jesus Christ. In Romans 15 and verse 13, it says, Now the God of hope, the God of hope, who's that? That's Jesus Christ. Paul's already just talked about it, but he says here, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, because of this hope, Jesus Christ, which is our hope of glory, there should be evidences in our lives of the hope now by which we live. There should be an evidence when people look at your life and when they see how that when you go through difficulties, the only way that we can go through a difficult time, even as a Christian, is when we put our trust in our hope. Because otherwise, we're just like anybody else. You got cancer, you hurt like everybody else. You have a heart attack, you hurt like everybody else. The economy goes bad, you hurt like everybody else. The, your, your employer shuts down, you hurt like just everybody else. The only difference is, is what your hope's in. And there should be that evidence of Jesus Christ because of us putting our hope in Him. He's that object of hope. And that is what's to carry us through. Instead of letting this world beat us down, keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's your hope. 
Don't be beat down. Don't be discouraged because they pass this law or because they do this or because they're, 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 they're not holding up the Constitution. They're not doing that. I'm not saying that you roll over and play dead. I'm not saying that you just, just push it aside. You do everything you can to, to keep this nation as free as we can and to do what's right. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter what happens in one sense because our hope is not in all those things. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, and people need to see that. There should be an evidence. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, 116, he said, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and notice what he says, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Too many Christians are ashamed of their hope. They're ashamed to declare that they're a Christian. They're ashamed to live for Jesus Christ. They're ashamed to take a stand on the truth of God's Word. Listen, people ought to see a difference in our lives because of our hope. The Christian should be filled with joy. I read it in verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Christians should be filled with joy. Why, preacher? Because of our hope. Not because of what's going on around us, but because of our hope didn't say that we should be filled with happiness. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on your hope, what your hope's in. He says, who, uh, he, he tells us, whom having not seen, uh, let me back up here. In uh, 1 Peter 1, he says, whom, whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Can you, why do you have that joy that, that's unspeakable, you might say? Because of hope. Because of hope. It's like this. You're driving down the, down the road. And all of a sudden, somebody pulls, comes out and hits your car. And it totals that car. You get out of the car, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, your car is destroyed. But before you left the house, somebody walks up to you and said, listen, when you get home tonight, I'm going to have a brand new four-wheel drive truck sitting in the drive for you. So you get out, and you're, oh, you're just... That's bad. But in your mind, you're thinking, I get home that. I got a brand new one sitting there waiting on me. Because you already know what's waiting. You go through this life and the struggles and the problems. But because our hope's in Jesus Christ, we already know what's waiting. You get cancer, it devastates the body. So many people, they go through the chemo treatments and the, and the radiation and their bodies wither away. And they, they, it's, it's a lot of times, you know, it's just horrible. Got a new one waiting on me. Got a new one. It's got hair on it, but I got a new one. The home, you pull in 
house burns down. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. And you hope you got enough insurance to pay for it. But if you look at your hope, you got a new one waiting on you. Country begins to fail. Goes the wrong way. Wickedness, vileness, taken over and rampant. But in that new city, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sin, no more death, no more heartache. You see, can I put it this way? We're just a passing through. This is not our home. We got a better one waiting. But we got to keep, during those times, we've got to keep our eyes on our hope, our eyes on Jesus Christ. A Christian which has this hope should have peace even in the storms of life. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice that, that it's your hope, Jesus Christ, that gives you the peace, that gives you that helps you in your heart and mind to have that peace. Peace because of our hope. The Christian life should be an abounding life for the Lord because of the hope that we have. Our lives should be, as a Christian, should be abounding in the Lord. We should be, I mean, our lives should be greatly growing in the Lord and enjoying the things of God and being a witness and being excited about it. It ought to be abounding. Too many Christians sitting and they're just like they're, they're wilting away. It's kind of like a, what was it? The, uh, 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 oh, I can't think of the, the, the name of the old movie and everything. The witch, when she got, she got wet, she, oh, she started melting. And a lot of Christians sit around and that's about the way they are. And what we ought to be doing, we ought to be abounding in the Lord, a stirring in our hearts. When we get into services with brothers and sisters in Christ, man, we get a chance to sing unto the Lord. We get a chance to praise the Lord. We get a chance to magnify God. We get a chance to share with others like, uh, uh, like Angela did about what the Lord did in our hearts and lives. We get, hey, listen, we ought to be abounding in the Lord because of our hope, Jesus Christ. I'll be that abounding. He tells us over in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 15, verse 58. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But this hope only comes to the front of our lives as we allow the Spirit of God to fill us and to control every part of our life. We'll go back to verse 13 of Romans chapter 15. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. And then he says, Through the power of the Holy Ghost. He that dwells within us, directing our hearts and minds unto the hope that we have, Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, our hope of glory, we have hope.
Christian, quit living like you have no hope. Get your eyes on hope. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ because he is hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray your blessings, Lord, upon this time of invitation. Lord, I pray that we would have an understanding of what was preached tonight and that we would look at life differently, that we would see our hope, Jesus Christ. Help us to live accordingly and help us to share that hope with others. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight with heads bowed?